Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Jennifer O'Neill Show. Today, we are doing part two of Are You Relationship Ready? And we we went over a lot of this last week, um, we, and I kind of felt like I, I wanted to make it two parts because there was some serious stuff that we had to go over as far as people all think that they are relationship ready or in my experience they 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 well they really they think they're relationship ready. They're just wondering, I'm ready, I'm ready for the relationship, where is it? And in my experience they're really not. They they have some things that they need to adjust and, and get going and head in it, head in a different direction before a relationship comes in. Or before that they can have a healthy relationship. And so today, so we went over a lot of those about, you know, if you're never leaving the house, if you're giving off a, you know, too desperate or needy vibe. And I and I wasn't doing those things to, like I say, kind of make everybody feel like, well, geez, I thought I was ready. And then now I'm just like, I have a lot of work to do. What the heck's happening here? <laughs> so um, we're going to give you some tips on how to make sure that you are relationship ready. So, you know, basically... Having a, a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, spouse, significant other, partner, whatever you want to say, can be absolutely amazing when you're ready for it. But if you're not ready for it, what happens is people tend to put themselves in a not-so-great situation with significant others. They end up being in, involved in sort of a toxic relationship. They end up uh, setting themselves up to where the relationship is not on a good foundation. And then what happens is the relationship essentially becomes a distraction to other things that are happening in your life and other things that are going on. And people don't realize that. They don't realize that relationships very much are a distraction in many cases. And so you concentrate on another person. You focus on things that are going on. And for the time being, they bring that new energy to you and into your relationship or they bring it out of you when, when there's newness there, when you're, they're making you laugh, when you're getting to know them, when they're not annoying you. This is what people don't get. You know, eventually that, that all wears off. And then you're still left with each other and you're still left with initial um, issues that you may have had before you got into the relationship. That's when things begin to crumble, dissipate, um, you, you break up. The, the, because the focus, it, it's only just moved for a minute. If you're having, if you're not relationship ready and you get into a relationship, it's just your, your focus is displaced. And so as it focuses on this other person, as the newness wears off, a lot of things that happen is things that you're not happy with in life or um, with the way things are going or some things that you're not happy about with yourself, they begin to um, manifest themselves in the relationship in a way that your partner becomes a scapegoat for your unhappiness and, and some of the feelings that you're having. Your partner becomes the focus of, of your anger if, you're, if you've had a bad day at work. Um, not all, not on purpose, but they tend to just be in the crosshairs because they're in your living space. They're they're triggers for you. They do things that trigger emotions from you, and so they tend to get the backlash. And so we're trying to help you avoid that and really um, bring some healthiness to the table 
because that's all you can do. You can't necessarily check your partner, although you can a little bit. I I, I am writing a book, book on that, which um, we'll get into that in more detail. Definitely will give you some red flags and things to look for. But what you really can do is you can check yourself and make sure you're healthy and in a good place to be in a co-relationship. That, uh, did I say that well, Debbie? How, how am I doing so far? <laughs> good, good. <laughs> And I forgot, Debbie is here, my co-host. You are there and, and, and very quiet because I didn't introduce you and just went right into the show, just like we went on from, from part one to part two. My yes. co-host, Debbie Frederick, is here. And um, so, yeah, we've been discussing this back and forth. Uh, is there anything you want to add to that before we get into this a little further? Um, no, I think it's good that we're touching base on this and, and how you kind of hit a little bit on sometimes you can take things out unintentionally on your partner and that just goes all back to self and being ready and like as as you're discussing right now. Right, right. Well, and and so we'll just go ahead and get into um, how you know if you're ready. So how can you tell if you're ready? Uh, we went into some things of how to tell if you're not ready. How, how, how can you tell if you're ready? Um, one of the one of the first things is you find that you don't need a significant other in your life to feel complete. When a when a girlfriend or boyfriend, husband and wife, whatever, will com- will compliment you, not complete you. And you know, people talk about this all the time, but and they go, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I feel whole, and and and, and I really find that more often not true than it is true. And so, you know, you don't need to answer to anybody, but just pay attention to this as we're talking and, and evaluate. The, the problem with if you're not, you know, needing a significant other to complete you, that's really amazing because if you, if you feel like you're only happiest when you have a partner come into your life or somebody else and, and you're sad and alone and, until that happens and, and then all of a sudden you're feeling complete, that's kind of scary. That's a scary thought because if that's really true, if if you need them to come in your life to make you feel complete, what happens if they make you mad? You know, what happens if they make bad choices? What if they do what you don't, you know, want them to do? And God forbid, what if they leave? What if they leave? This person is now a part of you. It's, it's now completing your life. What if they leave? Then what? You know, your whole world comes crashing down. And the, no, no one wants that kind of responsibility on their shoulders as your partner, and you should definitely not want them to have it. You want to be able to take your happiness into your own hands, and you want to be able to have them, you know, complement your life. You want to be whole first. You don't – I think that people too often – have fallen into um, a situation also, which falls into this category as well, which is where they kind of expect a partner to help define who they are. Um, They really do. And it can happen in many different phases. If you're, you know, in a career where you really need somebody to um, be there for you, to attend to the house or do whatever, or you want to have children, you know, they really expect somebody to help define who they are. Not not intentionally, but I think subconsciously they do this. So when you can really live your life 
in a way that, you know, great if I have one, but I'm okay if I don't have one, then that's when they become a compliment to you. That's when they en- enhance your life, but they don't complete your life. Do you, uh, does that make sense? Do you have anything to add to that? Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet, okay. I'm no. keep checking in with you. Well, you know, and and I do find that white-collar, sometimes people who are in white-collar careers, um, you know, they're sort of defined by their partners, too, uh, as far as it, it career-wise. Um, politicians, you know, different things, like if they're trying to, um, you know, become a partner in a firm or something, what happens is to the outside world, people become, they, they're looked at more stable if they're married or have a long-term boyfriend, girlfriend, which, you know, you just don't want to fall into that. No pressures from the outside world. That's, like, too much, too much on your plate. So the second way that you know if your relationship ready is are you happy with your life? I mean, are you know, are you happy with your life and the way that things are going? That's really a simple question. I mean, basically that should be a yes or no answer, but are you happy despite your relationship status? So if your soul's at peace, it, it, you know, it just it, it feels really good, and people are drawn to that. People are drawn to other people who are happy. It's contagious. It's like energizing. It, it's a it, it's amazing when you're truly happy. You know, with your life, everything else is a bonus. Like everything. It's not like my life would be complete if I had somebody. It, it's like my life is amazing. I have all this opportunity. With or without kids, you may have kids, you may not have kids. Uh, everything is working, and, and I'm just happy. And if I get another significant other, great. If I don't, you know, it's still great. It's, you know, the good thing about if you're happy with your life is if you do get a significant other in your life, if they do leave, you really, the bounce back is really pretty fast. You know, you're going to have a few bumps in the road, but if if they come into your life and then they go out of your life, you really have a, a pretty quick bounce back. If they stay and you get married, you enhance each other's lives in a way that, you know, you've never known before. I mean, happiness breeds more happiness. And this is one of the things that I want to talk about with, uh, or that I talk about with, um, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought for a second. You know, we, me and Debbie were talking about this before the show, actually, but people tend to, they don't want to address the happiness issue. Don't you ever notice that? Like, for some reason, yeah, they, that's, you know what I mean? That's, you just hit it. You just hit it there because um, there's so many people who aren't who, who answer no to that, to are you mm-hmm. happy with your life. There's so many people who are not. Or, you know, like when they just sit with themselves and, and really deep down ask. And so then, you know, there's, there's support and there's other tools to how to get there. And it's all within you. Mm-hmm. And But you're so right with that. When people are an, in a happy place, when they are saying yes, and my life is amazing and I'm happy with or without a partner right now, you know, I, if one comes, if, somebody, if an opportunity comes, that's great. That is when they are like a magnet, right? They're like a magnet and attracting somebody without even looking for a partner. 
Yeah, isn't that right? People, yeah, absolutely, and that's because people are drawn to other people who are just naturally happy. See, mm-hmm. I kind of think that what's also happened over the years is people are really overlooking some really amazing things about life in general. I mean, they they really get caught, so caught up and, and so distracted. The world is all about distraction now, right? It's all about shorter cuts and faster emails and quicker um, phone times and, and getting traveling from this place to that place quicker. That everything shortcuts and they they honest to God, honest to God, my clients, friends, family, I really they overlook some of the most amazing things about life. They overlook um, traveling. I I can't tell you how many people I know that have money that would love to travel and can take time off and they never do it. They just they never do it. They travel does amazing things to you. It it does things, it's actually been proven that it changes the chemistry in your brain. It's actually been proven it changes the chemistry because you you are not adapted to your surroundings around you and and it opens up areas of your brain that is just, amazing like that you're not normally tapping into in your everyday life it it stimulates areas that really give you a a euphoria it's actually some type of traveling euphoria and um you know that's one amazing thing that people can do in life going out and discovering new places going out and 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 going to a movie that you just find yourself laughing wholeheartedly at. People take this for granted. They absolutely take it for granted. Doing sports and getting yourself feeling fit and healthy and how good that feels in the summertime or the springtime if you've, you know, lost five pounds or you have swam in the ocean for a while or you went skiing in the winter, that that feeling that you get, that's what you need to look for when you don't have a significant other in your life. The significant other, if you want one, will naturally flow in. But that's why those other people just have them flow in is because they become more aware of all the other senses that are filled with life around you. You know what I mean? I really, really believe that people are, they're taking life for granted. They're taking where we're at at this place in time for granted as far as freedom and being able to travel to different places, you know? Don't you ever notice that, like, with friends and family and, and people that you know that they have money to travel but they don't? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a lot of that with with the travel um, for the people, you know, that, that they can do that or even doing anything for themselves, it's, right. it's one, it's just kind of giving themselves that permission to go do so and then two, sometimes they um, can get caught up in reasons why they shouldn't do it, <laughs> right? And and not you know real, realizing, gosh, now is the time. Now is the time. Tomorrow may not come. You, you, you <laughs> I, I I know what you're saying. I know people right now who um, was going to make travel plans and decided against it because. For for whatever reason, I don't want to call them out, but for whatever reason, decided against it, and I'm you know in their corner going go go, you know, and you have nothing to worry about. So um, that it's just that. Well, I, and the other thing just, is that's in our genes. I mean, genetically, we're adventurers. Mm-hmm. 
We are adventurers. We conquered the world. We do all these different things. We want to travel. We want to seek. We want to see what's new. And that is what's in our, our genes. It's genetically there. It's so interesting to me, though, because I deal, and I'm doing so much right now with writing books on love and, and dealing with a lot of love and, and happiness relationship situations. And it just, it's amazing to me how many people, if you ask, are you happy with your life right now? And many of them, if they honest, it, honestly answer, they'd say no. And if you say, well, why, their their first thought is that they're alone. Their first thought is mm-hmm. that they don't, they're either alone or unhappy in their relationship. And mm-hmm. that is so, I, I know where everybody's at when they tell me that. If, if somebody tells me it's because of a relationship or where they're at, I think to myself, as as a psychic and as a relationship expert, I think so many things that would probably make people just go, I don't even, why would you say that? But I know that they're not there yet. They're not there yet. They they haven't, they're not aware enough of what their soul desires are yet, although they get there, and many times people try to figure it out. They don't want to be stuck in this relationship, you know, wind tunnel, but they they. They're just not there yet in, in touch with their soul enough to know we weren't built that way to where a relationship completes us. That's not how we were built, but we were built in a way that our soul needs fulfillment. That is true, but we don't get that in another person necessarily until you're already complete on a soul level. That is also mm-hmm. true. So uh, if you're not happy with your life and you're thinking it's because of a significant other it doesn't work like that. And and I've been married for 20-some years. You've been married forever. We've been married for like a million years together. And so one of the other things that I think that people don't realize, and I've even found myself doing this when I was younger, if if you get in situations with your marriage and your relationship also where you find that you think that your partner is making you unhappy, unless they're, they're you know, verbally um, uh, being abusive to you or something of that nature, which is a whole another show. Unless they're doing any of those things, you can't expect a partner to make you happy by his or her actions. You can't. And when if you are, and I've caught myself doing this myself, and I pay really close attention to it, if I feel like my partner upsets me for some reason, the first thing I do is go. I truly ask myself, where am I at in my own life, and why is this even bothering me? Why is it even bothering me? Because I notice if I'm in a good mood and happy, there's nothing that he usually does, my partner or my husband, usually does that can that takes that away from me. Mm-hmm. If I'm truly happy. He can come home in a crabby mood. He can, you know, throw his shoes all over the place. I don't know. <laughs> he can do so many different things that just don't even bother me if I am having a good day and I'm truly in a happy place. So the minute that that happens to where I'm focusing on that being a part of my unhappiness, I know there's a problem internally. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's how we react. Some days yeah, it's something, you know, my husband says, could be funny. Some days it might, it might piss me off. <laughs> it depends on, you're right, right, what kind of mood I'm in. That's exactly. so true. Just kind of check yourself on that. And it's not, it's not, it's not, your partner, it's you. It's how you are reacting. And it. that really is a reflection of being in a relationship and drawing in a relationship in your life. So mm-hmm. if you're truly happy with your life, things are going to flow differently and people are going to be drawn to you. And this is going to go back to the thing I've said many times before, which is 
people read at everybody's energy. So in, in my analogy for this is everybody knows when they walk into a bar, you can usually tell if you walk into a bar and there's a bar in front of you and there's somebody at the bar facing the other way, they usually can tell if that person's approachable or not approachable before they even look at their face. And every time I ask somebody this, they can always say, oh, yeah, I could tell whether I could approach them or not just because of the feel of it. Because when people go into a bar, they're very aware of their senses and everybody's energy because they know it could be a hostile situation because of alcohol. So they're very aware of reading energy around them. People do this on a daily basis all the time. They do it at Walmart. They do it at Macy's. They do it at the beach. They do it at the grocery store. They do it everywhere. People are reading your energy. So it's actually interesting to me how much that people are not aware of this and they think it's people's actions and looks on their faces, but it's really not. It's it's energy you're actually giving out. And so when you're happy with your life, you very much radiate this energy. And when you can really be content and happy despite the relationship status, again, they read your energy. There's no pressure along with it. They've kind of drawn into your circle. They're like, hey, that's, this person's happy, and that's that's kind of interesting and cool. There's no pressure. You know, they want to move towards you. They really are wanting to learn more what you're about. And so that brings us into the next one, which could be a little controversial for most some people, but it really shouldn't be. Um, are you happy with your appearance? Are you happy with your appearance? That's another way to uh, tell if you're relationship ready. When you're happy with your appearance, what happens is you become more confident in who you are and the things that you can accomplish. Um, and it shows. It shows, shows, shows through. And it's interesting how much people think that it's an appearance issue and not a confidence issue and a uh, how it kind of, when you feel good about how you look in the mirror, if you're feeling like, hey, I look pretty good today, that radiates from the from the, your chest, from the inside out, if you think about it, looking in the mirror going, I'm looking good. I feel good with my weight. I feel good with my hair. I feel like I look nice. From the inside out, from your chest, that radiates. You know, and, and people, and it radiates, and, it, and you become confident. It affects your behavior. The energy that you send out into the room is completely different. You're more confident in who you are and, and the things you can accomplish. Um, and so, you know, you need to make sure that you keep up with things that make you feel good about yourself. If, you know, if you need to exercise, if you need to, um, you know, get your hair done, if you need to buy clothes that fit, you know, if, if your wardrobe's 10 years older, you know, these things affect your confidence. They affect the way you look. And this is another thing that was interesting. I was, um, as I'm doing a lot of research with this relationship stuff, um, I'm coupling my own research with uh, things that other men and women say. And a man said, and I found this very, very interesting, he said, unbeknownst to women, um, and they said, you know, well, first of all, he was at, they were asked about appearance. You know, do you look at a woman's initial appearance? And he says, yes. And, of course, all the women got irritated. <laughs> so he says, no, you, you, you have to understand, though. Let me explain this a little bit more. He goes, do you know how much I can tell about a woman with her appearance? Before I even talk to her, 
you can tell so much about a woman with her appearance. And he said not necessarily, you know, if she's a hot model type thing, but he says I can tell how she takes care of herself. I can tell how much she respects herself by the way, by the little details of, you know, the way that she's cared for herself and the way that she um, does her hair or the way that she keeps her nails or things of that nature. I can tell how she feels about herself. And I thought, you know what, that's incredibly, incredibly true. That's just incredibly true. Yet, of course, everybody goes to the initial, well, everybody is all, you know, um, appearance happy and they must be beautiful. But do, do you know what I mean? How incredibly true is that, though? You can really tell a lot about a person and how they, how much they respect themselves and what they think of themselves at that moment in time by the way that they're dressed or have themselves fixed, so that, fixed up. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, though, that, I mean, there's some... I think no matter what your shape, what your size, whether you wear makeup or not, whether you fix your hair or wear a ponytail, that the beauty does come from within. So if you are not happy and you're not feeling good and you're not feeling good about yourself and you're you're not confident, then, yeah, that's going to show outwardly. But if you are confident and you are happy and you have joy inside, that is going to shine outwards no matter you know, what you look like or, or, or right. what what you're wearing. You know, right. I think a, a, anybody can look great in, you know, a T-shirt and jeans as well as, you know, a really nice dress and high heels. So they can. Think, they can. Yeah. But it still, it still depends. This is where me and you may differ a little bit. But, like, if the jeans are 25 years old and they no longer fit you, they're too big or too small, that does say something about a person. It says, I haven't respected myself enough to feel like I deserve clothes that fit. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. I mean, I really... I I hear what you're saying. Women are... You can tell in meeting a woman, um, you know, I do wear sweatpants, throw my hair up in a ponytail, and sometimes don't even put my makeup on because I work from home. However... I can tell when I'm feeling better about myself and not so good about myself. And you know what? If you 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 buy yourself a pair of jeans or clothes that fit in, in t-shirts without holes in them, you know, once a year, once every two years, even if you're feeling like you deserve it, and, and those things they're important to your confidence. They're important to how you feel about yourself. They really, really are. And I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It, to me, it doesn't matter if you're wearing the high, high heels or if you're wearing sweats. Um, you know, that doesn't matter, but you can still tell. There's there's some pride that comes along with that. It's kind of like, you know, people are going to love this, but it's, it's similar to the way you take care of other things. The way that you take care of yourself tells you how much pride that you are holding in yourself. The way that you take care of your vehicle, you know, it, do you, how much pride do you have in the things that you own? If you If you get good maintenance on your car and make sure that you take care of the things that need to be taken care of, you have pride in that vehicle. It's the same thing with your body and your looks and your hair. You know, if you take care of your body internally and out, if you make sure that you're eating what makes you feel good, that doesn't mean everybody's a vegan or everybody's a meat eater, just what you in particular feel the best at. 
Um, if you if you give yourself the things that you need, if you care for yourself in the way that you take pride in who you are and having this vessel, it, it affects the way that people look at you and it affects your appearance. It doesn't matter if you're wearing sweatpants or not evening gown. Absolutely. Do you see that's actually Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so I think that um it's interesting how many people really um have a hard time um you know caring for themselves the way that they know that they should. They they have issues with that. And I've been just as guilty as the next person. Um you know and and let me be clear just cuz I've been married for 20 million years uh doesn't mean that you know relationships break up all the time, marriages break up all the time when people begin to let themselves go, when they begin to not take, feel like they're internally happy. You know, I make sure I take care of the, those things on my end. I don't ever want that to fall on my husband. And I don't want that to be, I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to feel like my husband is is my whole entire world. I've never wanted to feel like that since I've been married In, to the fact of, Yes, he is a part of my world, but what I mean is I don't, God forbid anything ever happen or, you know, he decides that he wants to date a 19-year-old or something. I don't want it to be such a part of who I am that I've just completely lost my identity. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never never wanted that for myself, and I don't wish that upon anybody else. So I'm very, um, I, I pay close attention to making sure that I pay attention to my own wants and needs as far as, my soul goes and keeping my I, I I take responsibility for bring take my happiness into my own hands. I really truly do. Um, if he makes me laugh, awesome and great. You know, if we spend time together and that that's good too. But you know, I write books. I I run and try to exercise as best I can. I take pride in my own appearance. I get my hair done. Um, you know, not often, but every three months or so, because if I don't and the gray hairs begin to come in, um, I start not feeling good about myself, and that's nobody else's fault but myself. And that really does bother me. Like, I'm, I am 40-some years old, and I and people tell me all the time they think I'm, like, my daughters are, like, we're sisters. But it, it bothers me when I have gray hair coming in, and believe me, it will affect my mood. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what... And I think, too, what, what we're touching upon is doing what makes you feel good. Like, show up, you know, if you're going to go out, if you, when you are relationship ready and you go out, that if your appearance, yes, that makes, that will reflect on how you're feeling on the inside. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And so Absolutely. it's really important that you are happy with your appearance. And um, I, I, if I find myself that I'm looking in the mirror and I'm starting to feel like, oh, I'm starting to look older than I like to, I realize it's because I haven't made my hair appointment. It's because that I have gone too long without doing my makeup nicely. It's because that I haven't been outside because I've been writing for a week straight. It's because I have been doing some things that internally have has made my internal view of my exterior feel differently. So I will handle those things. That's that's my routine. And so I hope that everybody else does something similar. So the other thing, number four, is you're confident in who you've become. That really ties in a little bit or to number three, which is, you know, you're happy with your appearance because when you're happy with your appearance, you become confident, more confident. But when you're confident in who you've become, on the inside, um, 
you really, your whole energy shifts. People want to be near you. They want to kind of learn what you know. You, you know. And what I mean by that is really this usually happens when you discover what your gifts and talents are and, and follow your passion. You know, when you have another focus in life, and you become good at it. When you become good at something, people, that's such an easy thing to do, and and people kind of overlook that, but, you know, you're good at something. Figure out what that is and and be better at it, you know. Um, It it makes you feel good. Even if you're, like, the one person who knows where all the bottle caps came from and what year, like, people find that fascinating, they absolutely find it fascinating when other people are really good at something. And and it's really interesting to see other people's reactions. And it makes, it says something about you. It, it, and it breeds confidence when you begin to feel proud of whatever you've learned to develop, um, whether it's a skill or some area of knowledge. It breeds confidence and makes you, it fulfills you on a soul level that's really truly incredible and confidence is really sexy one of the best qualities that you can if you wanted to pick um you know anything if you could change one thing about you everybody should choose choose confidence because i'll tell you what um donald trump did not get the women he's gotten on looks alone (laughs) it just did not happen (laughs) you know but i mean he's confident he is confident in who he is. He's confident in his skills. He he breeds confidence. People find that attractive. They find that the, the energy of the confidence that he exudes is, is really um, intoxifying. They want to be near him. They want to learn. Knowledge is really sexy. It's so sexy on people. And they don't think about that enough. They don't think about polishing up a skill or knowledge in an area that is something that they're good at. And, you know, that's really a huge thing to com- to boost your confidence. It really, really is. Um, you know, just like when you become better at photography um, or really good at photography and people service, I mean, didn't that make you feel just really amazing when people notice your artwork and notice your photography and, and do all those things? Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, isn't that I mean, hard? First, yeah, it was hard to get there. First wedding, you know, I I, I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> right, fifteen years ago, it was, and then and then the, at that time it was film. So then you had to wait to get the pictures back, and and uh, you build the confidence. You I kept going with something that I was so passionate about, and I loved it. So I kept going so and that's another thing too is going kind of going back to that permission of building your confidence doing what it is that you want to do um like you were saying uh the book with the bottle caps using the bottle caps as an example or even you know people talk about they want though i wish i could learn to play the guitar then it's okay to go do that it's okay to take a lesson you can even learn online these days you could even learn on youtube these days uh, a lot of these things, or you know, if, if you are as or the subject is relationship ready, and you can go actually take a class, maybe meet somebody who has the same um, likes as you do. I think it, it always it goes back to sometimes that permission and getting in, in a rut of doing the same thing every single day and 
and um, looking for ways to build that confidence and, and ultimately build that joy inside. Well, and I think that something that's really interesting that ties into the confidence thing, and this this I found incredibly, incredibly interesting. On Facebook, I don't know if any of you follow me, but on Facebook, I don't know if you've seen this stuff, but I put out a post, I put out questions every now and again, and one of them was, if you could do anything in the world, like if you could and get paid for it, what would it be? I was shocked and dumbfounded, literally shocked and dumbfounded at people's answers. Because what were some of the answers? Private detective. <laughs> food really? Or movie, food or movie critic. Fiction writer. Personal coach. Owning a bakery. NASCAR driver. Um, open or run an artist venue. I'm like, oh, my God, people, this is amazing and awesome, and I cannot believe that you guys are giving me these answers. Why are you not doing this? Why? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, right here on this show, you and I are giving out permission slips to anybody listening and anybody who posted what it is they could change or what they want to do. Here is your permission. Go do it. Go take that yeah. leap. Take that step. Go do it. There you go. There is your permission I slip. Couldn't believe these. <laughs> People were all saying things you could do, like that they could do. They could literally start right now and do. Like um, mm-hmm. movie critic, I mean, even a master hypnotist, you can do these things. You know how easy it is to start hypnotizing people. I know how to do it. I'm certified. I mean, you only <laughs> have to put so many hours in before you become a master hypnotist. That's it. You start. You start hypnotizing people, you do it for therapy, you do it for whatever, you, you know, becoming a private detective, I mean, all of these things, I was, I, I guess it was really interesting to me because I was more expecting people to say things like, you know, become a movie star or um, a rock musician or something, and I do this because I like to get to know where people's minds are at, and I loved, loved that it was all about things that they could really accomplish, but I was also sort of shocked and amused at how these people weren't pursuing these things. Like I was, like if, if owning a bakery was one of the things that I wish to do, I I don't know if anybody knows me, but I know Debbie, you'll believe me. By God, that would be that would be what I end up doing in the next five years. By God, oh, I yeah. don't care how. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't care how it happened. It would happen, and. So it's just, you know, these are things, and I know these are coming from something that they're truly interested in and mostly very gifted in. And you know you know what it is, though, too, Jen, and I can speak personally about this. It's sometimes our own thoughts hold us back. Okay, so you got permission. Then our own thoughts hold us back. Well, how, how am I going to do this? When am I going to find time? And then outside thoughts. Well, what is so-and-so going to think if I now want to go take up acting, you know, or if I want to go take painting lessons? What is so you know, it, 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 our thoughts totally get in the way of oh, absolutely of holding us back from know? what it is that will bring us joy. Absolutely, and I have to tell you, um, and I know you know this. I don't know if I've talked about this on the air or not, but this, the the part about me still being a writer. 
is still hilariously amusing to me. Like, <laughs> I I have always wanted to write books. I know I'm pretty sure we, I've talked about this at one time or another, but I. I, I'm good at it. I, I feel good at it anyways. I was not good at it in my 20s when I first started trying to write. Oh, my God, my first, oh, it was horrible, absolutely horrible. But I didn't care because it was fun, and I wanted to do it, and I wanted to just see my own book in print. And, um, you know, I tried, and I kept trying more, and then I forgot about it for years, and then I went back to it, and I did it again. And um, it was my first soul DNA, and it was it was the one that I'm, um, I I wished that I could kind of have removed my my first one um, because I read it into my next one. And, and with each book, I've become a better writer. I've gotten more confidence, and it's awesome. Had right. I thought, and I did, there was parts of my writing career where I've actually thought to myself, I don't know if anybody's going to read this, but I didn't mm-hmm. at that point. I just thought, eh, somebody's going to. I mean, somebody, even if two people read it. And actually, my books have been really successful. And but had I let that thought stop me, um, I would have no books out. And I get emails all the time on thanking me for the books. And, and my that really ties into a lot of who I am and into my marriage and into my relationships too, because it is for me, and it is so it is so fulfilling for me. It truly is fulfilling on a soul level for Jennifer. And if I didn't have that, you know things would be different for me as I got older and my children moved out of my house and it's just me and my husband and, you know, things would be very different. I would, I would be, I think I would be sadder. I think that I would be maybe searching for something, but I'm not because I'm so busy writing books and I'm loving it and now I'm helping other people do it. And it's just really interesting. It's really interesting how I never thought I was a writer and then even when I started being a writer, I talked at it as far as I thought. And I just, I just kept doing it until I got better. I just kept doing it. I kept, that's I kept the thing. editors. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. And you did it. You did it. You walked through the fear, and you started somewhere. You just started somewhere, and you, and like you say, you got better and better, and and yeah. I mean, look at you. You're cranking out books left and right. <laughs> yes, I just finished another yeah. one today, and I. And truthfully, my books are getting better and better. With each book, I'm getting better. And it, and I will probably continue to get better until I'm 80. Like, I don't think that I'll just all of a sudden get better and stop getting better. But with that becomes confidence. I, I mean, honest to God, with yes. this next book I wrote, I'm very confident that it's going to do well. I'm very confident that the book after that that I'm already thinking of is also going to do well. My confidence is just steamrolling, and that really affects I think the, it affects the way I feel about myself. It affects the way that people view me, and it's really important to me. And, and people need to not take that lightly with themselves. It's a gold mine. It's a gem. It's like the most amazing thing that you can do for yourself. You need to find it, figure out what it is, and, and you know, nurture it and try it and just get better at it and just do something with it. And then that shifts your focus away from essentially another person having to fill that void. Uh, you begin to get yourself shifted in the right direction. And usually money flows and things flow just really in a really great way after that. And so mm-hmm. that's when things begin to happen. It's, it's incredibly powerful. And the last thing that we have to talk about, which I feel people overlook this a, a, a lot. I think women overlook it more than men, truthfully, and, and you'll know the minute I, I say it. Um, when you're pretty self-sufficient, 
you know you're ready for a relationship when you're pretty self-sufficient. And what I mean is when you don't need somebody else financially to support you or emotionally to support you. And um, that's hard. It's hard sometimes for uh, women and more for women, I think. I think that men have it a little bit easier, and I'll tell you why. Because women's wages tend to be lower, and a lot of times they tend to have children, and so uh, the burden of, of potentially having a home with more people in it and or just trying to support themselves on a, a much lower salary than men is one thing. And so that becomes where it, it becomes hard sometimes to be a little uh, self-sufficient financially, but figure out a way to do so. Um, the reason for that is because I find sometimes or a lot of times that women or and or men, if they're in the same situation, they they are quicker to get in a relationship if they think that they're going to get some help financially or emotionally. And I don't think they make the same choices, or I know they don't. I'm Not that I don't think. I know that many times they don't make the same choices that they would make if they were financially self-supportive, self-sufficient, and emotionally self-sufficient. One thing that men do that's a little bit different than women is, unbeknownst to women, is they actually tend to use their man friends. They tend to use their friends as any type of emotional support and sounding board. And women do do this, but they they also really tend to want the male energy as far as emotionally supporting them a little bit. They they want that chemistry with emotional support, and men are they're less wanting that. I guess I want to say so. If you are in a situation like this and you're not self-sufficient. You, you really ha- have no business trying to get into a relationship because I think that you're really going to set yourself up for failure and you don't want to waste time doing that. So it's really important for you to figure out how to get your finances in order or really try to figure out how that you can change things or develop your skill to help finances become less of an issue and to move forward in a positive manner that way. And lean on your friends and family for more emotional support. Don't bring that into a relationship and don't look for a man to to take that for you because um, it really messes up your, I guess I want to say your relationship picker, I guess. It messes up um, how you would choose if you didn't have to choose that way. Do you know what I'm saying? Does Does that make sense? Did I explain that very well? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, and that, that's just, true. Some people do get, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes they do, they're looking for help instead of well, an they actual are. partner. And I think that that is, um, I don't think that they necessarily are looking for help instead of a partner. I think that they look at it as, oh, thank God somebody else can help me, you know, yeah. while I'm yeah. making dinner. And I think that that's a natural <laughs> reaction. You know, honest to God, I have children, I know. I think that sometimes, you know, my husband, I was a stay-at-home mom for a long time um, and when, I, when they were younger, and sometimes you're just like, thank God another adult walked in the door. Oh, thank God, like seriously. Mm-hmm. But if you need that support, don't wait until you're so beaten down that you're really just kind of taking any help that you can get. You know, help yourself. Like, try to call friends, call 
call an aunt. Call somebody to help relieve some of that. Don't force yourself to keep that burden to where you're just so you, you're so beaten down by trying to keep things afloat emotionally and financially that you just are willing to sort of take what you can get or settle. You know, I want to see people get into situations where, you know, they're like, especially women. I want to see them go into relationships more confident, more, you know, take it or leave it. I, I love that you want to be with me, but I'm I'm really doing good on my own too. So if it works out, awesome. If it doesn't, I'm I'm gonna be okay. You know, I want them to to get into more of those types of situations. Then more into a, then and less into a situation where they're feeling like they need to do it out of necessity, whether it be emotional support, financial support, or just needing something else in their life because that they're feeling unhappy. Men too. I do know men that do this. Um, they tend to do it more for emotional support, if, if anything, because again, it's it's weird that the whole emotional financial thing is is very imbalanced with men and women but um you know i do know men that do this as well and they look for the soft place because i know a few men right off the top of my head that don't have that network of friends and so they do look for the soft place with women and they have trouble with that i mean the opposite sex you know it's a lot of burden and responsibility when they know that somebody's you can tell you can sense that somebody's emotionally needing something from you and and it can be a lot of pressure right off the bat so that's another thing that's really important i think do you do you have anything that you want to add to all this that we covered off um i think it just it all comes back to that being happy with yourself being happy with yourself like you said self-sufficient having the confidence um, and I know I know of a couple people who have gotten out of a relationship, a long-term relationship, and they have decided to take time for themselves, whether it be six months or a whole year, just mm-hmm. to do their own soul work, just to do, just to be themselves, and you know, kind of kind of work on themselves. And right. it's almost. I just I think I think that's so wonderful. And they that alone says I don't need somebody to make me happy. That that yeah. action alone says that. And I, something I want to have you correct your friends on when they say this because it really bothers me. I hate it when people say work on themselves. I think that they should say discover themselves. Mm. Because that's you know, it it's not doing work. I mean, this is not homework. Um, you know, you're really just discovering who you are, right? You're discovering what your wants and needs are, and you're discovering what what you're good at, and you're discovering what you love to do, and you're discovering what you don't have to do. You're you're discovering what you hate to do, and and you're kind of eliminating things and compartmentalizing things and trying to pull your life and regroup in a way that really works for you. So I feel that people need to discover who they are. They do. Mm-hmm. They need to discover who they are. They need to um, do that, especially after a long-term relationship or marriage. Um, but don't work on yourself. Discover yourself. Discover. It, it should be a journey. It should be an adventure. It mm-hmm. should be interesting. It should be interesting. Huh, who knew I didn't like, you know, peace, you know, something like that. I don't know. It should be, who knew I didn't like Texas? I don't know. I, I mean, it should be, you know, let's try some new things and figure out 
just figure out life, figure out stuff. And so um, that's really important. So, yeah, we those are the ways that you can tell if you're relationship ready. I think that, you know, more often than not, people think they are, but they're not. Basically, it comes down to what we were talking about. You really want to discover yourself, know what your wants and needs are. You want to really concentrate on yourself and and, and your gifts and, and be okay alone. And when you're okay alone and, and really, you really truly feel like life is good, you really do, whether you'll be in a relationship ever again or not because you have good friends and good food and good kids and good family, whatever, that's really when everything will fall into place for you. That's when the law of attraction kicks in. That's when all the other universal laws kick in. That's when people are just drawn into your life because they're like, wow, what's happening with this person? They're so happy and so excited. And I really want to know more about them. You know, that's when all those things happen. And so it's really important. That's when you're relationship ready. It really is. And for all those out there, as we end up this, we're going to wrap up this show here, Um, maybe a tad bit early. I did just finish... um, We'll tell you a little bit about what's going on. I just finished a book called The Book of Love. Um, in my book, it's really a fun book. It's going to talk about different levels of commitment. It's a funny book. It's based on one of my best blog posts, um, but it also has truth to it. And, and the other thing that I don't think that people realize, as we've been talking about, are you relationship ready, is when you do get to the point where you are dating somebody, uh, there are so many different levels of commitment um, that... There's different levels of commitment, and there's different levels of how hard you fall for somebody. Everybody assumes that they kind of fall for somebody in the same regards. Like, you know, well, I like them, and they seem to like me as much as I like them. That's not always true. Sometimes people fall harder for each other than they do others. And like I said before, there's different levels of commitment. There's all different levels now. It was very different back back in the day when people were just trying to figure out who they're going to marry, so they dated to find out you know, is this person a good fit for a husband or wife? Now it's, well, (laughs) I'm not looking to get married or maybe I am looking to get married or I'm married but I'm looking to get divorced. You know, there's all these different levels in there. So it's a fun book. I think that you'll enjoy it. And what do you have going on, Deb? Oh, we are working on our TEDx Women event for... America's Finest City in San Diego here, which is coming up on September 2nd. And we have tickets available now. You can go to um, you can go to TEDx, America's Finest City Women.com and purchase those if you're in the area. It's going to be a fabulous, fabulous event. And um, I'm also working on a wonderful evening retreat on 12-12-12, and I will be announcing more of that uh, on my website, debbiefriedrich.com. And uh, we it's just there's so much going on right now. Yeah, there <laughs> is happy. a lot going on. <laughs> you stay very okay, busy with place. that. <laughs> you stay very busy with that TEDx. And I have to say, knowing you... Um, as good as I do. I mean, you have been married for a long time, but Debbie does take pride in her parents. She does make sure that she's fulfilling herself on a soul level, and so she really takes care of herself in aspects and brings that to the marriage. So um, you do a good job of that. You really do, and you've been married a long time, and not to say that neither one of us have not had our ups and downs. I mean, I think that that's a natural part of, you know, trying to merge your life with somebody. It does happen. 
but mm-hmm. you bounce back if you can really keep, you know, your if you can take care of yourself, you know. So, yeah, yeah we have a lot of exciting things coming up. I just finished that book. I'm going to be starting my next one, and we will be back next week. You can go to either of our Facebook pages and or Twitter pages, which you can find on our websites. Mine is Hawaii Healings with an S dot com. Um, Debbie's is debbiefriedrich.com, her new website. And so you can go to there, join our Facebook pages and our Twitter, drop us a note, and you can also send us an email if you have ideas or questions for future shows. And uh, we'll be looking at we answer most emails that we get, yeah. So uh, I guess that's it. We're going to go ahead and wrap up a tad bit early. And thanks for joining the Jennifer O'Neill Show. Aloha, everybody, and we will see you next Wednesday. All right. Take care. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.